Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us online this week. Wherever you are in your living room or your bedroom, we are just so glad that you are with us. Well, we're gonna just dive in to the Word of God this morning with a question. Have you ever felt like you were just struggling to stay above water? You know that feeling when life is just weighing you down, where you have too many balls in the air, the to-do list is just miles long and you feel stretched too thin, where you literally just feel like you're stuck treading water, just trying to keep your mouth up above those waves. Well, I certainly have. And if you have your Bibles with you today, we're going to turn to Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25 and hear from this author of Hebrews, his suggestions, his advice on how we can get through these moments of our faith journey. So turn with me to Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25. And if you don't have a paper Bible with you um, or you don't have a Bible at all, we want to invite you to visit myevangel.church forward slash Bible, myevangel.church forward slash Bible. And on there, there's an app or a link to the app store so you can download a Bible app on whatever device you're using, as well as a form where we would be delighted to give you a paper Bible. So as you flip to Hebrews 10, I want to tell you a little story. A few years ago, we were able to take a cruise in the Caribbean, back when we could travel. And on our last day, we happened to stop at this private island. And there at this private island, they had a snorkeling lagoon, one of the bays of this island set up just for snorkeling. And how the reef had naturally formed around this bay, it was completely safe, um, there were the ability for predatory animals to get in there. It was just perfect. And there were everything that you would want <laughs> in a snorkeling adventure was right there. The turquoise waters, the white sand beaches, sea turtles, beautiful fish. And the cruise line had even gone so far as to sink things like a submarine and a ship for you to find on your snorkeling adventures. So Lucas and Kaylee and my dad and myself were out for most of the day. We went out in the morning, stopped for lunch, went back out in the afternoon. And as our time was winding up on this island, we began our swim back to shore. And as we were still a ways off, Kaylee stopped us all with this panicked look in her eyes and said, I just can't keep going. She had depleted all of her energy in this beautiful swim and she just had nothing left to get back to shore. Well, we quickly inflated her life vest a little bit more. We brought her over to my back and got her to hold on to my shoulders and we assured her with these words, Hold tight, hold tight. As I swam, she was towed with me and together we made it to shore. So did you make it to Hebrews 10? Let's read this together. Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Well, Father God, we thank you that your word is life, that your word is provision and sustenance. And so this morning, would you meet us where we are? For those that may feel like they are just barely keeping their head above water, where they have that same panicked look in their eyes and say, I just don't think I can keep going. God, I thank you that you have called us to persevere, not in our own strength, but in faith, which is a gift from you. So would you encourage our hearts this morning? That you've not left us to our own devices to slowly sink beneath the waves, but that you are near. That you inflate our life vest. You reach out and say, hold tight. And you bring us to safe places. And so would you speak to us this morning? And as always, God, would you allow my own words just to fade away? But you, spirit of truth, would you speak because we know that your word is life and you are the one who changes lives. In your precious name, amen. Well, there's this crucial reality that the author of Hebrews understands as he or she is writing to us and it's this, life takes a toll. Life takes a toll. And we often will attribute this to those hard seasons of life. That medical diagnosis you just never wanted to receive. That change in circumstances, if you get unemployed or um, something happens in your family or you have to move unexpectedly. All of those hard, gritty types and places in life, we usually attribute the life takes a toll to those places. But you know what? Life just takes a toll. Even surrounded by turquoise waters and white sand and sea turtles and incredibly beautiful fish, being in the surf takes a toll. And there comes a moment for each of us where we just get to the end of ourselves and think, I just don't know if I can keep going. And if that's you this morning, or if that's maybe this uh, residual feeling from last week, or if you recognize that maybe at some point in the future, that is you, then I want to grab you just like I grabbed my little girl. Look you straight in the eyes and say, hold tight. You don't have to swim that length alone, but together we are gonna get to shore. So what do we do when we're in that moment? When we feel like we just don't have anything left to keep going, to put one foot in front of the other? 
We feel like we're stuck in the depth of emotion of that moment. Well, the first thing that this author of Hebrews tells us is to draw near. In Hebrews 10 verses 22 and 23, he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. When we just don't think that we can do anything else, we need to draw a little closer to God. We need to get a little closer to the shore, to the hope and the certainty that is Jesus, because he who promised is our firm foundation. Jesus talks of himself and he says, he who builds his house on the sand, when the waves and the storms come in and the flood waters rise, that's gonna be shaken, but whoever builds their life, their house on me, when the storms come and the rainwaters come and the floodwaters rise, that home will stay secure. It won't be shaken. We need to draw a little closer to God. But maybe you're feeling a little bit of turmoil in your heart like I am when I think this because it's easier said than done, right? So often when I feel like I'm stuck in the surf with just that waves laughing and I just feel like I'm barely able to get my lips above water to get one more breath of air, then the thoughts running through my head when I think of drawing near to God sound more like this. Where are you? Why have you left me here all alone? Why didn't you warn me that I was almost out of energy and I still had that much distance to go? I would have turned around sooner. God, drawing near to you is so much work and I don't have anything left to do it with. And I don't even know where you are anyway. Have you ever felt that when you're lost out in the, the sea? Before Lucas and I moved to Powell River, we felt like we were in a boat with no wind and no waves, just bobbing in the middle of the ocean with no land in sight. I remember us having this conversation saying, you know, if God just said, like, paddle north, we would do that. But it felt like we were completely on our own with no where to go, no feeling of direction or God's will. And the thought of drawing near to God can just seem like so much work. But I want you to listen to this verse again. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a, the full assurance that faith brings. The full assurance that faith brings. You see, there's an element here that says, you know what, God, I don't know why. I don't know why I am stuck in the waves, but I trust you. God, I don't know where you are. I can't feel you right now, but I know that you're here. I trust you. I don't have anything left, but with my very last spurt of energy, I'm going to propel myself forward and trust that you're going to catch me. With the full assurance that faith 
brings. Faith is trusting that God is who he says he is, that he will do what he says he will do. And you know what the promises of God are that whisper back to us when we draw near to him with that full assurance of faith? The promise of God is that he meets us in the drawing near, in that sincere cry of God, I need you. I don't have anything left in those moments where the water is coming and we just don't think we can go on. He draws near as we draw near. I want you to listen to these promises of God. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, Deuteronomy 4.29. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. Proverbs 8.17. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, Jeremiah 29.13. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Matthew 7, 7, and Luke 11, 9. We don't have a God who hides. We have a God who's firm, who's faithful. We have a God who desires to be near to us, and he draws near as we draw near to him. Jesus, as our high priest, has proven this to be true. He could have stayed separate in this lofty position, but he entered humanity to make a provision for a lasting relationship with God. But we also have a God who allows us to choose him, who is patient with us even when we break his heart. He gives us the freedom to choose whether we want him involved in our lives. Jesus is our atonement has proven that to be true. He offers us redemption and forgiveness and salvation, but we have to accept it. We have to accept him. So I know it can almost seem cruel, like draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, but God allows us to choose him. And when we do, he makes up the entire rest of the difference. Friends, I also know My God, I know the struggle is real. I know the waves are real. I know that in those moments where it just feels like you're floundering and drowning, that it can be so hard to choose to draw near to God. But I know my God, he doesn't wait for us to struggle and gasping make our own way to the shore. He hears our cries of help. And he reaches out, puts us on his own shoulders and says, hold tight. He makes himself known and he becomes our strength, whispering, I've got you. And carrying us the rest of the way through the remaining waters to the safety of the shore. So hold tight, draw near to God and hold unswervingly to that hope that we have, that we have a God who rescues us. As we were swimming towards the shore, there was a moment where with Kaylee on my back, I had my own, I just don't know if I can keep going moment. 
My own legs were tired, my own lungs were burning, and it had been a long time since my lifeguarding days, and it was showing. But here's what I knew. In that moment, I knew, number one, I would do anything for the kid on my back. I would keep her safe and keep swimming to my very last breath. And number two, both of the people swimming with me, Lucas and my dad, would do the same. They would take their very last breath to make sure that she and myself got safely to the shore. And if at any moment I had tapped out, there was another person that was ready to grab onto that sweet girl and say, hold tight, I've got you together. We're gonna get to safety. There was an assurance that let me know I could keep going because I wasn't in this alone. Who are you swimming with? There's a reason that we're called to a body of believers that Every single person is one part. I mean, think of how many bones and muscles there are alone in the body. Now, I was trying to get an exact number and every website I looked at seemed to have a different way that they were counting, so I'm not gonna give you a number, but it's a lot. We need the whole body. We need each other. We were never meant to do this life alone. We were never called to this faith journey alone. There's an assurance in knowing who you're swimming with. That when you get tired, when you are ready to give up, when your legs are tired and your lungs are burning and you have that moment of, I just don't know if I can keep going, that you know that the people swimming with you would give their very last breath to make sure that you arrive safely at the shore, at the firm foundation of the feet of Jesus. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 say, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Who are you swimming with? Who's there with you, encouraging you with their presence on your faith journey? In these two verses, we're given three commands. Spur one another on towards loving good deeds. Don't stop meeting with each other and encourage one another. And I know it seems really, really black and white, but it's not as black and white as it seems at first glance. There's a level of humility and vulnerability that this, these two verses are asking us to operate in. So the first, spur one another on to loving good deeds. At first glance, I kind of read it almost like cheerleaders, right? Like we are championing each other. We are cheering each other on. We're um, looking at our tired brothers and sisters and giving them that burst that rally cry, we're behind you, we see you, this is great, keep going, to find those reserves, to look like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to be spurred on to those good deeds and agape love. But the word here for spur um, is not so passive. The word here is paroxuspos, 
And it actually means a provocation which literally jabs or cuts someone so they must respond. I don't know about you, but when I think of spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, like cutting them is not what I think about. We're just not supposed to be passive participants in the life of one another. We are supposed to relentlessly pursue together a life of looking more and more like Jesus every day, of acting like him and loving with no strings attached like he does. What would it look like to walk with someone who's relentlessly committed to you looking more and more like Jesus? And what would it look like for you to be relentlessly committed to someone else looking more and more like Jesus? As I was just thinking about that, of the amount of vulnerability that would take to invite someone in to be that accountable, that they would be willing to cut through um, your self-deception, that they would be willing to cut through the noise, that they would be willing to bring the hard truths out to literally provoke to action what it would mean for us to look like Jesus, to love us enough not to let us stay the same. It's not a pat on the back kind of spur each other on. This is a raw kind of relationship. It's a calling out of sin, a dragging when needed, broken people to the healing of Jesus. Are we committed to one another on that kind of a level? And that's a question that I would ask you. I mean, I think there are people that I I would individually say that, but it really made me pause to say, what would that look like in my own life? And am I willing to risk being vulnerable, risk being authentic with a select group, this is not the whole body that has to be those people, to have that kind of relationship myself, to invite someone into the very core of who I am, to see the good and the bad, to be humble enough to hear the voice of God spoken through the lips of another person. What would it look like to walk with someone to that depth of relationship? Which brings us to number two, don't stop meeting together. I mean, you can't have this kind of relationship if you don't have a faith community. You can't have this kind of relationship if you lone ranger your faith, if you do it all alone. And again, this is really more nuanced than what meets the eye. And this was a tricky one because, I mean, right now we're in the middle of COVID. We are pre-recording this because right now we do have two Sunday morning gatherings happening um, where we are together in person, face to face. But the reality is that this has been a season where we have had to meet together as faith community in a virtual context. And that's okay for a season, but we are so anxiously anticipating meeting together face-to-face -face once again. 
So as I was struggling with this, I really wanted to understand, and John Wesley explained it this way in light of the context of Hebrews. As the manner of some is, either through fear of persecution or from a vain imagination that they were above external ordinances. Again, we got to remember who the original audience was of this book. They were being persecuted by the Jewish community, being like drawn back into that life. There was a lot of pressure on this original audience to not meet together, to go back to their roots of what they were practicing with the law and the sacrifices. And that's why we spent so much time going through Jesus as our high priest in our atonement. And so that was a big factor in them not choosing to meet. But the other factor was this pride that was present, that they didn't actually need one another. That can sure pop up in our lives too, right? Where we're literally drowning in the water and we're still too proud to ask for help. We're still too proud to stop and look to the people that we're swimming with and say, I just can't keep going. I need someone to inflate my life vest and say, hold tight and swim with me to the safety of the shore. Don't let fear or pride keep you from missing out on the gift that is relationship. Don't let it keep you from missing out on the faith community that God has graced us with. Because we were never meant to do this faith alone. It is God's gift to us. It's his provision for us. It's his grace for us because he knows how desperately we need one another. And lastly, it says, encourage one another. These are tough days, absolutely. But there may be harder ones ahead. The reality is that we have storms and we have blue skies. Life is full of both. And we are going to need deep courage to live out our faith and to live out the standard of what it means to look more and more like Jesus every day, especially as that standard looks more and more um, odd to the world around us. And that's what encouragement really is. When we encourage each other, we literally strengthen that aspect in the individual we encourage. We give courage. We build up. That's why encouragement is such a powerful weapon in the hands of the faith community. I mean, I want you to think of what happens if you tell a child over and over and over and over that they are really good at something. If you tell them constantly, every time you see them, how fast they are, what's going to happen? That child is going to have the courage to run as fast as they can in every race. They'll be so excited to show off to you how fast they can run around that field because you've given them the courage in that aspect of their life. So what happens when I encourage the work that I see Jesus doing in you? When I call out not just who you are, but who Christ in you is. 
you have the courage to keep pursuing that trait, to keep pursuing that relationship with Jesus, to keep allowing him to refine and purify and do the work that he's doing. Because my words have power. We hear that in the Bible over and over, that we can speak life and death with the mouth. And as we encourage, we give the gift of life to give courage, to strengthen up that which we are highlighting with our words. So how do we partner with the voice of the Holy Spirit, with the voice of truth, to have eyes to see and words to call out and to strengthen that? Encouragement matters because we are called to be firm, to stand firm and be courageous no matter what life throws at us. We need that encouragement to have the strength to take that one more stroke to draw near to God, to take that one more stroke to stand firm, to take that one more stroke to be there for one another. Well, I honestly could keep going on and on and on and on and on because I am so, so incredibly passionate about faith community. I have been grieving this season as so many of you have, that we have not been able to gather face to face, that those lobby moments of hearing your story, of praying with you, of being able to have that relationship to spur one another on and encourage one another just hasn't happened in the same way that we're used to. And I believe with all of my heart that the church, that the gathered faith community is God's idea and he orchestrated it on purpose and for a purpose. Because life isn't all turquoise waters and white sand and sea turtles. Life is also gray skies and menacing waves. But regardless of which one it is, life just takes a toll. And we so often can find ourselves just barely getting above water, wondering how we can have the strength to go on. So once again, I want to look you in the eyes, say, hold tight, hold tight. You are not in this alone. Draw near to God and he will do the entire rest of the way. He'll swim out to you put you on his shoulders and start going to the safety of shore. But not only do you have God on your side, you have a faith community that loves you, that is for you. And maybe you've just found us and you're going, but you don't even know me. Can I just promise that there is something amazing that happens within the body of Christ that we don't need to actually know each other, to be for each other. God's promise to do a work of unity, of knitting our stories all together. And so if you've just found us here at Evangel Church, we believe in the importance of community. And one of our values would just say, welcome home. We are so glad that you're with us. And we are committed to your faith journey, whether you are just exploring faith in Jesus, 
You are just taking that step to ask Jesus to be your savior, to forgive your sins, or you are further along walking out this journey of looking more and more like him. So who's swimming beside you? Don't try and do it on your own, please don't. The gift of faith community has been provided for you because none of us are strong enough to weather the waves by ourselves. Well, on that day, we really did make it to shore. Obviously, I'm standing here and, and Kaylee is at home, but we look back on that day with fondness. We look back on that day and we marvel in the creation of God that we got to observe in that lagoon. And there is something incredible that happens with perspective. That on the other side of those moments, when we actually do make it to shore, we look back and we marvel at the faithfulness of God. We marvel at how he saw us through. So friends, if you're looking around today and you just don't think that you can do this, and you turn all the way around and you just notice you are in the surf alone. You don't have to stay there alone. Will you take a step of faith and reach out? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't have that faith of assurance that he will come to you when you call, if you have never asked him to be your Lord, to be your savior, who literally just saves us, that's what it means. All we need to do is take that step to invite him in because he is too good to force himself on anyone. He is your atonement. He has made a way for you to have a relationship with God. And there's no like fancy words or rituals that you have to do. You just simply have to invite him. You have to ask him <laughs> to be your substitute, to trade the brokenness in your life for the wholeness of his. And we would love to walk with you through that journey. Even if you're not ready to take that step yet and you just have questions, honestly, I would love to share the hope that I have in who Jesus is with you. So if you text us at 604-210-8535, 604-210-8535, we would love to start a conversation with you. Maybe go out for coffee if you feel comfortable with that, whatever, and just hear your story. I'd love to hear your story. If you do have a relationship with God and you're just looking around going, but I'm swimming alone. There's no one there who has my back. Would you take an incredible brave step and reach out to faith community? And you can text that same number. If you text hello to 604-210-8535, we would love to start the ball rolling and get you connected into this faith community. I know we're not perfect, but that means you don't have to be perfect either. But I do love the people that we get to do life with here at Evangel Church. And I know that there's a place for you. Otherwise, we wouldn't say, welcome home.
And we do really believe that there's a place for you here. Well, I know that this isn't the same. <laughs> Gathering together on your phone or your TV isn't quite the same, but thank you for allowing us to gather as faith community in your home today. And I'm going to pray, and then I have a few final announcements for us. So God, I thank you that you see us. And I thank you that even if we can only get out the first help, <laughs> you take the whole rest of the way, that you draw near as we draw near to you. You never leave us stranded or alone or forsaken. You promise that. And so for those, God, this morning that just feel like they are in the waves, would you by your spirit right now, reassure them that you are there. Would you whisper your words of assurance? Hold tight, hold tight. I am your firm foundation. I am your strength and weakness. Hold tight. And God, I thank you for each person that's joining us today, that we have a faith community that is greater than this church that's greater than this city that's greater than this country, that we have a body of believers that spans this entire globe, that spans generations. I thank you that you and your wisdom knit us together, that we are each other's gift from you, that you called us to this journey to do faith together because there is an assurance in knowing that there's someone who has our back, who can call out truth, who can spur us on in our faith journey of looking more and more like you, who can speak courage and bravery and, and call out those places where you are working. And would you give us eyes to see and to be uh, your voice in the life of someone else as well. We thank you that you are so faithful and that no matter where we are, whichever storm we might be in or just past, that we will look back and see how you moved in grace and provision, that you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you will do and we can trust you. In your precious name, amen. Well, as we were talking about not giving up meeting together. I do want to let you know of a few dates that are coming up to meet together. And so we have our kids party coming up on August the 13th at six o'clock. And that is just for those in grades one through four. So if kids are going into grades one, um, all the way through going into grades four, then you can go ahead and sign them up for that party, August 13th at six o'clock. And we will have socially distanced games. We have some leaders that will help us make sure that it is all safe, um, but they will have so much fun. We had a great time with our preteen party and we're looking forward to having our grades one to four as our guests. Well, for you adults, we have our prayer night coming up on August 23rd at 7 o'clock p.m. August 23rd, that's a Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. And um, you might have seen on the website before that there was a Monday and a Wednesday option and just uh, we have not had the signups that we were kind of anticipating. And so we've moved everybody together to Sunday, August 23rd, just 
so we're not spread out with only two or three people, um, but that we do get to meet together and have that power of praying in unity together on August 23rd. So for all of those dates and for some future ones, make sure that you keep visiting myevangel.church forward slash relaunch myevangel.church forward slash relaunch because those signups are right there as well as we will be having our fall signups um, coming out in just a little bit. So go ahead, bookmark that site so that you know that you will never miss out on the dates. Secondly, um, we do not have drive-through generosity happening today. As I mentioned, we do have people in the building right now for our gathered Sunday mornings. And so just to make sure that we keep those caps um, in place and that we keep all the social distancing in place, we will not have drive-through generosity today on Sunday. However, you can drop by on our office hours at any point, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can also give online um, and if you go to myevangel.church there's a little blue icon that will walk you through a whole giving form but we thank you so much for your faithfulness we thank you so much for your generosity and we do want to say every penny matters when we are able to be funded we are able to continue the mission that god has called evangel church to here in Powell River, and you are a huge part of that. We could not do any of this without your generosity. So every penny counts. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity. So have an amazing Sunday. We look forward to seeing you one day face-to-face -face very soon. God bless.